1: Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say, hey, Google or Alexa, play the podcast called Corvette Today and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's corvettetodaypodcast.com. And while you're on the website, click on the link for the new Corvette Today merchandise store. There you can purchase Corvette Today hats, T-shirts, jackets, koozies, coffee cups, mouse pads, and much more. You can also sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at corvettetoday.ck.page. And don't forget, join the Corvette Today Facebook group. We now have over 2,900 members and growing, and I'd love to have you as a member as well. And I'm also excited to tell you about the new YouTube channel for Corvette Today. Be sure and check out your favorite Corvette Today podcast now on YouTube. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, Corvette Fever Magazine. Corvette Fever has been relaunched with an online and printed version. The online version has incredible interactivity with hidden photos and information, and the printed version is like nothing you've ever seen before, huge and glossy. Get your free online version at CorvetteFeverMag.com. You can also sign up for the printed version there as well. Corvette Fever Magazine, come along for the ride. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. Also, a shout-out to canadiancorvetteforum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. It's time to get the latest Corvette news and headlines with Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. As you know, Keith is a regular guest on Corvette Today. He's here twice per month, every other week. We keep you updated on what's going on with America's sports car. Keith, how are you? Good to have you back.
2: Hey Steve, doing great. Kind of in the last month of summer here. I know kids will be going back to school soon and it's hot and we've got some great news this week about Corvette. So all set to go.
1: Absolutely. We do have some great news. First of all, let's get an update on C8 Corvette production, Keith.
2: Yeah, well again, we are humming right along it seems like. It's been nine weeks since the plant was last closed. So nine full weeks of production. Over those nine weeks, we're averaging about 175 cars per day. And last week we will have crossed over the 22,250 mark on cars produced so far for the 2021 model year. So it looks like average production days of 175 Last week, they did a couple days where they did 187 cars in a day. Sometimes we'll do like 160 cars, but it all averages out to about 175 per day per week. So things are good there. The other thing, too, is that in our last conversation that we had, we knew that there were TPWs, Target Production Weeks, of 2021 Corvettes that had fallen to the week of September 6th. And there's been speculation of when the whole 2022 model is going to go. So now we've heard that there are actually TPWs the week of September 13, the following week. So it looks like production for the 2021s is still very fluid. We don't have an exact start or end date of when 2021s are going to end and 2022s are going to start. It's looking like sometime in mid-September right now. And again, we're just waiting to see what Chevy's going to do there and how they're going to roll it over. They can take a few days off. Is it just going to be here's the last 2021 and then the 2022s? right behind it. We're still just really waiting to see what's going to happen there.
1: Well, as soon as we find something out, make sure you update us on what's going on.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. And again, you know, they're adding that flexibility. They don't want to get in a position where they have a hard stop date, but we do know that they want to get to the 2022s. The other thing too about production is that a lot of the dealers that got their allocations also are now placing orders for the GTLM Championship Edition C8R car. So people are getting orders for those in. We should see those produced among the first cars of 2022, so that'll be good to see.
1: Very good. And also, we had a healthy average price for the C8 in quarter number two of $82,289.
2: You know, Chevy's got to be really happy about this. The car starts at 60995 and to have an average transaction price, an average price of 82400 is fairly huge. We know that these Corvette owners that are buying the C8s, they get them loaded. They're buying the LT2s with a lot of options. And that's putting it up there. And, of course, the convertible model. It's great news. I remember back in the C7 days, back when the Z06 and the Granite Sport were out, that the average transaction price was around 73000 So we've already eclipsed that by nearly $10,000. And then also people are getting some really nice cars. Good news for Chevy. I know that we talked about this a little bit among friends. They've kind of adopted the Porsche model in terms of offering a good, decent base price. But then a lot of these options, if you just want them, you end up paying for it. That's good, too. So that's what we're seeing here with that 82400 average transaction price over the second quarter.
1: Also, Keith, on the flip side, though, we're seeing that 2021 Corvette buyers are having trouble getting dealerships to honor that $1,000 price protection. What's going on with that?
2: We hear from a couple of our readers who said, I ordered the car. It was prior to the March 2nd price increase of this year when Chevy introduced a price increase for the 2021s. These people that had their orders in before that were supposed to be price protected. The way it works is that when they go in to sign the papers, they see the extra $1,000 on the price. And then Chevy is supposed to reimburse the dealer for that. What we think that is going on is that Chevy has already reimbursed dealers. They just send them like a bulk amount. And so some of these dealers might not realize that, oh, that was for the price protection on these orders. On so this blog post we did, we pulled up the original stories and some of the information that we had about that and said, you know, you got to talk to your dealer, talk to the Corvette concierge. Don't be afraid to tell your dealer to kick it up the chain to the district manager to find out what's going on. Because if you order before March 2nd, you should get that $1,000 price protection. So if you have questions about that, we do have a blog post up on it. It's got the official statement from Chevrolet PR when they first made the announcement. Don't be afraid to print that stuff out and take it into your dealership.
1: Very good. Also, we had some good news from the Corvette team. They will be at the National Corvette Museum Anniversary Celebration, which is coming up on Labor Day weekend.
2: They've been away for almost two years now because of COVID pandemics. So it's great to see Harlan and the guys back in town. I think it's just Harlan. I don't think Tad will be at the anniversary show, but there'll be plenty of engineers and staff members there to talk. We're actually really excited. We're hoping that they will be picking up their CTF cars, their captured test cars, for the 2022s, in which case we might see some new colors. We haven't seen those three new colors, Amplify Orange, the Hypersonic Gray, and the Caffeine. We haven't seen those yet on a real car. And here's some late-breaking news is that the team announced that they're also going to be a Corvettes at Carlisle.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: And that's the week before the anniversary show. Again, we're hoping they'll have CTF cars there and we can see the new colors. But again, great to have the team back amongst us. We can ask them all kinds of questions. I know that a lot of people are anxious to talk to them.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear they're also going to be at Corvettes at Carlisle. I'm going to be at Corvettes at Carlisle this year, and I'm going to do two seminars about the Corvette Today podcast. When I'm not doing the podcast, I'm going to be over at the Corvette Fever Magazine booth. So look for me, because Friday afternoon, I think the seminar is at 2 p.m., and then Saturday morning, I think it's at 9 a.m. So I will be at Carlisle as well, and looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, we'll be walking around Corvettes at Carlisle as well. we got our tickets all booked and set, so we'll be there. Not doing any seminars this year, just gonna and try to cover the show as best we can. So we're very excited to be back to that. And then also, we are going to be at the anniversary show as well.
1: Oh, that's great. And speaking of the National Corvette Museum, Keith, the museum got a special 1996 C4 Grand Sport donated to them, and it's a rare car.
2: Yeah, when you take down these options, it's got the very desirable red and black interior. It makes it a rare car. These cars are rare already, and they're probably the highest priced C4s that are out there, the 96 Grand Sport. So good to see. These are longtime Corvette owners and members of the Corvette Museum that donated Their car. It's one of these things of what do you want to do with it? You want to put it in the best hands possible. Well, let's give it to the museum and they can preserve, protect, and then show it off later. So, good news for the museum, and hopefully, the owners are happy with their decision as well.
1: Absolutely right. Well, Keith, let's take our first break. And in our second segment, we'll talk about Corvette racing and Corvette rumors on Corvette today.
3: VetFinders.com is the internet's original Corvette classified ads website with classified ads starting at just $25 and every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com. The Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E, finders.com.
0: the state of kansas this is the corvette today podcast with steve garrett
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me every other week is Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. We give you the latest news and headlines in the world of Corvette to keep you up to date on what's going on with America's sports car. In this second segment, we're going to talk about Corvette racing and Corvette rumors. First of all, Keith, in the racing segment, Corvette racing is going to road America.
2: Yeah, this is always one of the big tracks for Corvette racing. They call it their spiritual home. I mean, they've been racing here for what sixty years or so over the course of the history of the Corvette. So, anytime they are at Road America, it's a big deal. Now, obviously, we're recording this before the race on Sunday, but this is really a big race for them, not only because it is at Road America, the number three car has just been cleaning up there, but this track is just a great tune-up for the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which is going to take place on August 21st and 22nd. Even though their minds are there, their cars are there for the last few months, they've been shipping off equipment over france after they get done with this race i think they just jump in the cars head to the airport and they're out of the country here as they head to le mans to get ready to take part in all the pre-race activities like the practices and so forth so a big toot up at road america then it's off to france for the 24 hours of le mans
1: that sounds cool i wish i could go to le mans i'd love to see that race that would be so cool
2: be a great track. You know, I'm on the mailing list too of the guy that organizes the Corvette Corral over there is a Frenchman. They're pretty excited. They've got some limited spaces this year. They are allowing fans to watch, but it's limited. There are still going to be tons of Corvette enthusiasts over there. Should make for a good race. We're obviously excited to see the C8Rs for the first time on that track. Let's hope for the best.
1: Also speaking of 24-hour races, the National Corvette Museum is going to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the 2001 24 Hours of Daytona.
2: This was such a pivotal race for the team. They were only in their infancy when this happened. If you don't know the story, in 2001, two of the team members of the cars were Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Although that team came in second, It was such a big moment for not only Corvette Racing, but for also Dale Earnhardt. And Andy Pilgrim was a Corvette racer driver on that team. He's now the resident pro at the Corvette Museum's Motorsports Park track. He says he's got some untold stories that he wants to get out. And so the museum's got this special presentation called 24 at 20. They're going to talk about that 20th anniversary. So they've got Doug Feehan's going to be there. Other members, Gary Claudio is going to be there. Should be a really good presentation. And actually, it's one of the major reasons why I'm going to the Corvette Museum this year.
1: Well, that sounds like a fantastic presentation. I wish I could be there. I just can't go to everything. But you know what? I will see you at Carlisle. Also, Keith, a C8 mid-engine Corvette battled a C7 Z06 on the raceway. What happened with that race?
2: Well, in most cases, I like to tell people the short story. The short story is the car with the most horsepower generally wins. We saw that here. We always like to watch what the C8 races and we'll feature a C8 racing anything from thousand horsepower Dodge Durango from Hennessy to these trackhawks to other exotics. So this one it came up against the Z06 on a track in Colorado. The Z06 obviously just walked away from it. The other thing, too, that was kind of a challenge for the C8 in this race is they're over a mile high and the car's naturally aspirated versus the supercharged Z06. So the forced induction is going to win that battle, too. We always try to put different cars together to see what happens. And in this case, it was the C7 Z06 came out on top. Big surprise. There you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, Keith, a spy video had surfaced this last week that showed the magnesium transmission casing on a 2023 Z06. What's the backstory there?
2: Well, this goes back to April. The end of April, there was a GM engineering team that was testing in Marietta, Ohio. We covered it. We had a guy there that sent us photos and videos of the cars. It was just a really cool gathering. We got them going off and what have you. So turns out that a guy had seen that, knew that the cars were there. And that night he snuck over and was peeking around them, dodging security in the rain to get a camera up underneath the car. And one of the interesting things he found was that the casing of the transmission housing, the Tremec housing, is a shade of color that really says it's magnesium. And of course, magnesium is a very strong metal. It's also lighter than aluminum. It's 30% lighter. So if the Corvette team is really looking at lightweighting the next generation Z06, that's a good place to start because that's generally a big hunk of metal. And if you can shave some weight off of that transmission casing, you can really help lower the weight and increase the power to weight ratio there. So I think it bodes well. Some people will say, well, maybe you should have done that and it obviously is something that we've always wanted to do is run up to a prototype and take a look at it as best we could but somebody did that looks like that there might be a magnesium transmission case under the car also, Keith,
1: Pete Callaway from Callaway Cars tested a 25th anniversary Z06. Now, this is the 757 horsepower car, and he was in 110 degree heat. How did that turn out?
2: You know, you think about that. The Z06 doesn't have the best record in high heat conditions. This car, the 25th anniversary Callaway, they utilize what they call their HD cooling system. But it's like a level two cooling system. It actually adds an additional oil cooler and two more radiators on the car for cooling capability. And Pete says that when he was out on that track, it was 113 degrees, but the track temperature itself was closing in on 150. I think it was like 147, 148. Wow. But he went out there and he ran for 25 minutes. He did a 25 minute track session The whole session is captured on video, uh, both in-car as well as the PDR. And then he had his laptop hooked up and was also streaming live telemetry, what was the oil temperature, water temperature. So he was also running that. The car performed remarkably well, no issues there. And he says that actually that track session, he did a 25-minute track session earlier in the day. The car sat there for a couple hours underneath that hot sun, just soaking up that heat. And then when he goes back out, you know, actually when he first starts, you see some of those temperatures come down because of the cooling in the air going through the cars, helping to lower it. This is the 25th anniversary Callaway. It's designed to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Callaway Competition, which is the Callaway racing arm that's over in Germany. Pretty cool, you know, it's got a huge wing on the back. It's got some cues for the Callaway GT3 car that race over there in Germany. Anytime that you can take a stock car like the Z06 and really improve on it, That's a good thing for Corvette owners.
1: Absolutely right. Well, buddy, let's take our last break. And in the third segment, we'll talk about the lighter side of Corvette on Corvette Today.
3: American Hydrocarbon, your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. We've served customers in over 28 countries all around the world. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. Our products have been featured in Vet and Corvette magazines, so give us a call, 813-476-5638. That's 813-476-5638. Visit our website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat. At AmericanHydrocarbon.com Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon.
2: And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette today. It's the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host Steve Garrett. With me every other week is Keith Cornett from corvetteblogger.com. We keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of Corvette. In this third and final segment, we're going to talk about the lighter side of Corvette. Keith, the last 2020 C8 is going back to the auction block at Miekum Orlando. What's going on with that car?
2: So this car was offered for sale at Mecham Kissimmee in January of this year. It is a very nice car. It's the last 2020, the 3LT Sebring Orange with a natural interior. The car was bidded up to $140,000 at Mecham Kissimmee. So obviously thinking that it's the last of the very first inaugural year of the mid-engine C8 Corvette, that the seller could get more for it. So he went back to the well again. Mikam Orlando was just July twenty eighth through the thirty first. The car was offered there at no reserve. And actually he made three thousand dollars more. So the selling price on the car was one forty three. Great. Interesting. I'm glad to see that he, I guess, made the right decision by waiting. But at the same point, too, we're wondering where these Corvette prices are gonna top out on these pre owned cars and if we're gonna see continued high prices, twenty thirty thousand dollars over M S R P or will they start to come down with the continued production of the twenty 20- Twenty ones and then rolling into the twenty twenty two. So we're still watching auction prices. So far, they are still good to Corvette owners. Well,
1: that sounds good. I mean, at least you got three thousand (laughs) dollars more in Kissimmee. So that's a good thing. Also, this is very interesting. You know, there's an ongoing discussion, a debate about OnStar: whether to get it, whether not to get it. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Well, OnStar helped a police pursuit and ended a stolen vehicle's runaway, and that was a C seven Corvette. Give us the story on that.
2: OnStar got a call from the owner saying car had been stolen and they can see where the car is on their computer systems. They're using satellite technology to track it. So they called the California Highway Patrol and said, We've got a stolen Corvette and we actually have the ability to turn it off and we're in a situation where it might be a good place. So they waited till the California Highway Patrol actually had units around the car and then they killed the power to it. The car came to a halt and then the perpetrator stuck his hands outside because he was wanted for driving a stolen car. So all's well that ends well there. Just good to see that this stuff actually really works when used.
1: Well, if you're ever trying to determine whether to get OnStar or not, or if it's worth it, there's the story right there that will make the difference. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, the two things that I think OnStar offers is not only this kind of stuff, but then if it detects that you are in a crash and it calls you right away, I think that's also a very important and a very good reason why to have OnStar. So definitely something to check out. If you can keep yourself safe and your Corvette safe, it might be just one of those things that you can't live without.
1: Definitely. Also, we had, unfortunately, another Corvette technician taking a joyride. In a C8, and then a lawyer weighed in on what happened.
2: Okay, so this is a crazy story, and it shouldn't be. This should be just a very cut and dry. I took my car to service, I picked it home, it works now. So there was a guy over on the mid to engine Corvette forum who took his car out, and he said he noticed that it was having trouble accelerating, it just wasn't running well, and he gets it home. He's got it running. He puts his head down by the engine compartment. He hears this distinct clicking sound. So he shuts it off, gets a tow, takes it over to his dealer at Fremont Chevrolet in California. Gets the call. Hey, good news. It was just a loose spark plug wire. Put it back on there. Car's running fine. Come pick it up. So he comes and picks up the car, but like many Corvette owners that utilize their performance data recorder as a dash cam, he looked at the files of when his car was in possession of Fremont Chevrolet and found that a service technician had taken it out for a quote unquote 20 minute test drive. During that test drive, he exceeded speeds of 100 multiple times and including a segment where he was racing a Dodge Charger on a crowded highway and hit a speed of 148. So obviously just crazy speeds. The music was so loud, it was distorted on the PDR, the recording of it. So he was also thumping along and it just, it's not a good look. Obviously we saw that video, we posted it. Later that day, we saw the video had been taken down and he reports that he'd met with the ownership of the dealer and they had worked out a solution. So he removed some of his reviews, negative reviews, and he pulled the video. But this story doesn't stop there. So the story is viral. Being picked up, GM Authority, Motor One, Motorious Runs It, these Chevy technicians, they work on this stuff. They should know that Corvettes have a performance data recorder, right? Right. So the next day, we see a video from Steve Lado, who does automotive lemon laws and other transportation-related cases. He's written before for Jalopnik and some other online places, I think. So when I saw his video on it and he weighed in, he came up with really two good points that I thought were interesting. Because a lot of the comments on our section was, boy, you should take that to the police. You should get a lawyer involved. And of course, the thoughts are, what would a lawyer do? Steve Leto talks about, there's really two big points to consider here. The first of is obviously owner liability. This is the Corvette owner's, this is his car. And no matter who's driving it, it's still your property. It's still your insurance that's on the car. So if something would have happened where the tech would have caused an accident or some sort of incident, which might've caused a legal suit. The owner, for sure, would have been named just because it's his car. It was his property. He also says the dealership probably would have been named as well. That makes a whole lot of sense. But the second point that he makes is called conversion. in conversion like theft, where theft is you're depriving somebody of their property. Conversion is... I give you my property and then you use it in a way that's not consistent with either the owner's wishes or could be subject to some sort of other thing. And he brings up the clip from Ferris Bueller's Day Off where they drop off the Ferrari in the parking garage and the garage guys go and take it for a joyride. That's conversion. Gotcha. He does talk about you could sue and you could do some other things here, but it's just interesting to find out what those legal ramifications are. So we highly recommend if you find that topic interesting, it's definitely worth the 10 minutes to go watch that video.
1: Definitely. It is. Also, Keith, there is an interesting picture because the 1963 split window Corvette is my favorite Corvette because that's what got me into Corvette. But there is a story about why Chevrolet never made that car a four-seater. Tell us that story.
2: Yeah, so right around this time, 61, 62, they had the initial designs ready for the 63 split window. It was the first time that the Corvette was going to be made into a hardtop coupe. And right around then, Ford had taken their popular Thunderbird and went from just a two-seater to a two-plus-two or a four-seater car. And so the idea was, well, let's see what Corvette can do. Chevy's president, Ed Cole, puts Larry Shinoda on the case. So what he does is he lengthens the wheelbase. He adds a little bit more width to the doors. The split window coming down is a little bit elongated. So it still looks like the 63. If you were just to take a quick glance at it, you'd think, oh, it's a 63 split window. But then if you look closer, you see in the press photo that they did, there's two people sitting in the back seats. Yes. Right? The reason why they never made it, and Larry Shinoda, we talked about this a couple months ago, maybe, with a long-lost Larry Shinoda video that we came across. But he talks about they're showing off this car to the GM execs. And here comes Jack Gordon, who's the president of General Motors. And Larry says he's in his three-piece double-breasted suit. He says to Ed Cole, can a human really fit in the back there? So Ed Cole opens the door, folds the seat down, and Jack Gordon goes and gets in the back seat. He closes the door. He's sitting back there. He says, "Okay, let me out. They open the door. Now the seat won't fold down. Oh, no. They couldn't get it to fold down for nothing, apparently. Larry says that he's now starting to see he's not happy about it. But the other problem is that they just can't remove the seat themselves. They have to get a union rep, a union mechanic to come over and remove the seats. They have to wait for that. So finally, when he gets out of there, he's like totally done with the car. He's frustrated. He's like, no way, walks off. And that's the end of the four-seat 1963
1: Corvette. Wow, what a great story. It's an unfortunate story, but what a great story.
2: (laughs) Well, I think in the end, it all turned out well for Corvette owners, so I would have to agree with that.
1: I would agree with that as well. Also, from YouTube, Speed Venom goes hunting for a Z06 list in Los Angeles. How did that turn out?
2: Well, he visited five dealers on this video, and the idea is just he's in responses of what he can get, where the line is, and so forth. And so out of the five dealers, they all have lists. Some of them say that they have pretty significant lists. But as he's doing this, as he's visiting the dealers in person, he sees C8 Stingrays out there one dealer was selling a one 2021 for, I think, 131000 Wow. The markups out in California anyways are sort of legendary. So you can imagine what they're going to be on the Z06. So out of the five dealers, they all were going to sound like they were going to have MSRP markups. And of the five dealers, only one of them was doing a lottery system. The other four were all just utilizing lists of customers. It's going to be a crazy sales season once the Z06 does come up talking to some friends if you remember when the c8 stingray was released chevy had this thing where get on this list we'll send you to dealers we'll get your name on the list so to speak the problem is the dealers already have their own list already so where do those people fall if they do that again for the z06 it's gonna be a crazy selling season once the z06 comes out so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that
1: that'll be interesting that's for darn sure my friend and finally if you're the corvette guy that has everything We've got one thing for you. It's a new radio-controlled C8R, and it looks really darn good.
2: Yeah, this is from the people at New Bright and they've got actually a whole line of radio controlled cars with a lot of different Corvettes in there. They've already have the C8 streetcar. So this is the first for them is having the C8R and it's the number four car. It's the silver car. They have a commercial out where it shows kids playing video games and then the car like flies out of the TV and it's in real life. The idea is a fun way to get kids involved with cars and even big kids like you and me, Steve. Right. Just a fun thing to have and to play with. and You know, why not? New Bright, I think they're priced around forty dollars at Walmart. I'd go check those out.
1: Absolutely. You know, I always say, Keith, and this is something I made up, I spent more money on lesser things. So I think a C A R Radio control unit is in my immediate future.
2: I think so. I can see myself waking up on Christmas morning and having some fun with that.
1: Absolutely. Well, buddy, thanks for being on Corvette today. All the information was great. And also, by the way, if you want to check out any of these stories, go to CorvetteBlogger.com. Keith, we'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll have more news and headlines on Corvette today.
2: Yeah, we're very excited. We'll see you guys out at Carlisle. We'll see you at the National Corvette Museum. And, of course, any of these stories you want to see or read or watch, CorvetteBlogger.com.
1: Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today. And please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And thanks to our flagship sponsors, American Hydrocarbon at AmericanHydrocarbon.com and True Wealth & Company at RetireWithTrue.com